Hi and hello Watch fans, today I am joined by a very special guest indeed. Please welcome to Fratello On Air, Antoine Pin, the Managing Director of Bulgaria's Watch Division, here to talk to us about his life, career and the beloved brand for which he works. Antoine, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, very well, thanks Rob for welcoming me. Very happy to be on board today. Good stuff, good stuff. It was great to see you recently in Geneva at the Geneva Watch Days event, but we didn't have a huge amount of time to talk thanks to you blowing us all away with the new Bulgari novelties. It's another strong year for the brand, a brand that has been growing in everyone's estimation in recent times, but which watch was it that stole the show for you this year? Uh, thanks for your comments. First, Rob, it's uh, always uh, uh, getting positive comments from you guys. The professionals on the industry is, is very important to us and it's the best encouragement we can get. Um, I, I would probably always uh, look at different directions when it comes to the, the new products we're presenting uh, during these kinds of shows. Uh, the first product that comes to my mind would be the Octoroma World Timer. Uh, simply uh, for what it represents both from a symbolic perspective but also for the uh, for this uh, uh, let's say uh, second expression of the Octo collection now everybody uh, I mean, many people know about the Octo Finissimo less people know about Octo Roma uh, but let's talk about the symbolic aspect of it uh, working on uh, we've been questioned a lot about the reason why we were developing world timing uh, functions uh, at this in this period of time, obviously when when many people cannot travel or not so much, um, but that's exactly the reason why we did it. Uh, when we when we develop products, we obviously think of a long perspective. We don't expect our watches to be used for a few months. They are not uh, fashionable items in this perspective. They are they are used. To, uh, they are built to uh, be used for years, decades, or, or even uh, centuries. And that's the essence of mechanical watches. So, of course, we, we think beyond the current times, but we also think that, uh, uh, that traveling is a, a, a modern way of, of being these days, and uh, this function of world timer, which gives you the time of any place around the world at a certain moment, is uh, was not existing in our collection and uh, was deeply needed. And uh, we, of course, we like also the overological performance, which is quite complex actually, uh, because we. You have to develop a specific module on uh, on your calibers, uh, which is connecting the caliber to the dials, to different elements of the dial, and uh, allowing for the rotation of uh, three discs um, on the dial. And, and therefore, uh, it's a different expression of the art of watchmaking that we wanted to show as well. So symbolically, a uh, very uh, strong statement that we wanted to make about Let's say about the, the freedom that we all aspire, aspire to. And, um, and technically, also another uh, way to express our, let's say, our developing skills in terms of watchmaking and that we always want to challenge and to expose also to the world. Uh, so that's what, one of the pieces that I would uh, mention. And uh, the second piece that I would mention uh, is... Uh, uh, 
a jewelry watch. It's uh, the, uh, the the Divina collection, uh, which uh, we launched three different uh, expressions of uh, during the summer. Um, the Divina collection is a is a jewelry watch of our collection, uh, and it's um, it's inspired by uh, this uh, diva symbol, this uh, uh, this uh, ginkgo leaf shape that actually you find in the terms of Caracana in Rome. And uh, the dials uh, of uh, this collection this time are a direct translation of the decoration of the terms of Caracalla. Uh, it's a mosaic of, um, of um, sabarite and or pink sapphires or diamonds. Uh, uh, and a very, very uh, subtle and, uh, and brilliant uh, mosaic of, uh, of, uh, of precious stones uh, that are creating this pattern uh, representing the terms of Caracalla on this round-shaped watch. And the watch is featuring two different uh, calibers of ours. One is the classic Awards uh, uh, Seven automatic caliber, and the other one is the Minute Repeater, because we really like to bring in or extra slim uh, minute repeater caliber in our ladies' jewelry collections as well. And uh, and these pieces really, to me, those pieces are really the expression of what Bulgari can do best, which is this, this merge, this fusion of the art of the jeweler together with the art of the, the technique and the art of the watchmaker. And we love this field, this area of expression, because it's very much our field, our, let's say, original field well what can i say i mean you touched upon a couple of watches that i'm glad you mentioned in regards to the positive comments that i made at the top of the show i have to say you earned them bulgari is one of those brands that a lot of us journalists love for a very good reason and that's because the products really come to life in the hand and on the wrist and we're able to see them where many people aren't unfortunately especially in in this day and age with the pandemic still affecting business as usual so what I wanted to say was I'm glad you mentioned the new jewelry collection because the multi-link bracelet we saw in Geneva was simply stunning. And it was a fusion of not just art and watchmaking, but pure engineering also feeling it on the wrist, the way that it drapes. I think it had five separate links across all set with stones, just beautifully finished. It was an absolute joy. So thanks for that. And I was convinced, convinced that you personally were going to choose the uh, the GMT, the Otto Roma GMT, because I think it's the perfect watch for you. I mean, you have worked all over the world. You've worked in Japan, China, in Paris and Switzerland. It's It's been quite a career. And for our listeners who might not be aware of the road you've traveled, could you tell us where it all started and what attracted you to watchmaking in the first place? Okay, I have to share a secret with you. Um I didn't know the world of watches when I started. I've, I've initially started in watches, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm French uh, by origins. And uh, when I finished school, I was looking for something, uh, let's say, probably more exciting to work in than, let's say, the traditional uh, major uh, blue chip companies that you would be invited to to join. And, and I had the chance to uh, be in contact with uh, the team of uh, Tag Heuer at the time. And this was the time of uh, Don't Crack Under Pressure of, um, so it's, uh, I'm talking to the people who were born at the time. I'm, I'm sorry, probably some, some among the 
people listening to us uh, may not know this campaign, but it's it was a, a major uh, milestone in the watch industry. It was really bringing uh, a different way of, of communicating at uh, the time to the watch industry, extremely modern, disruptive. Actually, the name disruption, the concept of disruption was uh, actually born from the discussion between the, the Tagore team at the time and a, a famous French uh, advertising agency on the other end. Um, and, and so there were extraordinary advertising campaign. It was the, the, the brand was, was booming at the time, was, was in con- relationship with Ayrton Senna. And, and of course it was, uh, for people of, of my age at that time, it was probably a, a strong invitation to enjoy luxury goods. And, and at the time, the luxury industry was still in its development process. And, and, and Tagore was bringing modernity, technology, energy to the world of luxury. And, and I got really attracted by, by first the brand, then the people who, who took me on board. And that's how I joined the, the watch industry. And, and you put the finger into, into this thing and this, this sort of great machine and, and you never get out because then you get into um, you get into the uh, the world of uh, watchmaking of uh, and and you understand better the essence of uh, of what man can do with his hands on his brain and and probably to meet the best expression of what luxury is about. I was lucky enough to work both in the watch world and in the jewelry world, but in both cases you see really this expression of the extraordinary skills that you can find in. In mankind, and, and uh, be it when you look at a watchmaker uh, fixing a, a caliber, a complex caliber, adjusting pieces that are sometimes as thin and as small as uh, tens of millimeters, and uh, fixing them all together, and making sure that the, 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 the eventually the, the the eventual result is perfectly balanced and delivering perfect chronometric performance. You can look at the drawings, the designs of, the, of designers who are bringing a creativity that is blowing your mind when you, when you see them. You can see all those talents uh, in people. And, and it's, it's always been aspirational to me at the end because of the people that I met in, in every aspect. And it's, it's interesting because you see talent in every aspect. You see talent in the manufacturer with the polisher. You see talent in the distribution with extraordinary salespeople, with extraordinary entrepreneurs in the in the retail industry. You see uh, uh, you see extraordinary designers of uh, watch boxes, and you see talent, personalities, characters, uh, to in an incredible amount. And that's why it kept me excited about it for uh, for so long. And do you think that uh, Bulgari in particular is a brand that exemplifies those uh, those traits, the, the the visible talent of the artisans working on the watches behind the scenes because of the closeness between the jewellery arm of the brand and the watchmaking arm of the brand? And, well, I guess you must really love it because this is your second stint with Bulgari, right? You actually had a year away working for Baluti and you came back. Yes, exactly. Um so plenty of questions in your in your question. So uh, yes, I, I spent a, 
two years uh, out of the Bulgari world and came back in a different position. And, and definitely, yes, there is this conjunction of passion, talent, and, and skills and know-how in, in, at Bulgari. And, and um, I, there is, I, I love to work with, uh, with Fabrizio. Fabrizio sometimes say uh, what makes us different is, uh, is, uh, is asking ourselves, why not? Why not doing it? So just uh, for everyone to know who I'm talking about, Fabrizio Bonamata is our uh, head of uh, creation and, uh, and clearly a, a major partner in crime in, in everything we are developing these days. Um, and, and what I like so much, in particularly in, in this division of, of watches, uh, as I'm representing this division these days, it's the work of the team, the work of the team from the very first day of the, the conception of a project. And that means making the watchmakers working with the designers from the initiation of the idea and with the marketing teams as well. And when a, a concept is coming out, a question is coming out, why don't we go for such or such idea? From that very moment, the design team and the marketing team and the watchmaking team are working hand in hand. And if I take the example of another watch that we introduced this year, which is our Octo Finissimo Perpetual Calendar, um, if you have a chance to look at the product, you will see a perpetual calendar that is absolutely different from any other perpetual calendar. Uh, of course, it's bearing, well, uh, let's say our signature, which is to be extremely thin within the Octofinissimo case. But above and beyond this, it is displaying the time in a unique way, thanks to the retrograde hands, the retrograde functions that we like to use because they are part of our history. But also thanks to the uh, optimization of the uh, space on the dial, making sure that we really uh, maximize this space to bring the maximum visibility uh, to, the, to the reader. Uh, as you know, a perpetual calendar provides you the information of the hours, the minutes, but also the date up to the uh, leap year. And, and therefore, you've got plenty of information to display. And, and, and you have to think that if you want to, to bring a very specific display of the time on the perpetual calendar, this has an impact on the definition of the movement itself because the way you're positioning the hands and the construction of the perpetual calendar is directly impacting the construction of the calibre itself. This watch, this uh, will recall that we introduced in April, is a perfect symbol of the creative work and the creative connection that started from the very first day between the studio and the constructors and the watchmakers. I love that concept and the thinking behind it. And ultimately, it all comes back to that why not attitude that you explained a moment ago. To be honest, it's the only route to creativity, in my opinion. So if you start out with a negative mindset, with a no on your lips instead of a yes, then you miss out on so much more. Uh, than you could have had because you didn't have the patience or vision to explore it. So having that mindset is beneficial. And I think why we keep seeing creative and surprising things coming out of Bulgari. But what's next? What's the overarching goal of a brand for the next few years? Our uh, 
watches remaining a priority or is jewelry going to be the number one or is it a mixture of both things? Right. So it's obviously a mixture of both things. Uh, we, um, we work uh, hand in hand more and more and uh, you can see uh, more and more developments that are actually joint developments between uh, uh, our friends from the jury division and ourselves. Uh, we actually, we believe that there is a lot of, uh, of uh, work that we can do together. And um, you can imagine that I'm not going to share with you too many secrets. I can share some <laughs> but it's too early to talk about some of them. But I can tell you that we are in, as I said, more and more projects together. Uh, especially because we, we believe very, very strongly in this uh, market of the jewelry watches, and, but the jewelry mechanical watches and the construction of mechanical complication with the jewelry uh, decoration. And, and that means we have to work together to uh, address the complexity of those constructions that are becoming more and more sophisticated. So uh, that, that means we work hand in hand and definitely the idea that we have is, uh, is, is to enhance both know-hows, to develop them and to nurture each other. Um, it's interesting uh, uh, for me to, let you, to tell you of a, of a, uh, we've, we've been exposed to a, to a new um, setting technique here in, here in Switzerland that we were not using as a jeweler, and we recently shared it with the with uh, with our our, our colleagues of the of the jury business unit. So there's a, there's actually no not much of competition, but much more a, a growing um, let's say connection between the the, the two um, the two fields. Well, that's a very interesting development and something I'm I'm pleased to hear because I think everything in watchmaking is becoming more and more competitive and to separate yourself from the pack you have to really lean into your strengths and to utilize all of that know-how and heritage that you have in-house from the jewelry side of the business makes perfect sense to me but talking of those challenges and whatnot that you're facing it's been a difficult couple of years i guess with the covid pandemic and also the increase of uh uh, technology, wearable technology, shall we say, in the focus in the media uh, on things like that. Do you see, um, do you see the industry changing at all long term because of these uh, new influences, because of shopping habits and uh, the way people have been behaving throughout the pandemic, and also the kind of products in, on which people seem more focused these days? Probably, my first point would be uh, to think that the the COVID the pandemic has accelerated underlying trends. I would not say that it's created trends, but it's definitely accelerated many among them. And, uh, and of course, we're talking about the digitalization of, uh, let's say, the interaction with, uh, between the brands and the clients. And, and again, I'm talking about interactions. Uh, it doesn't mean that we go 100% digital. Uh, I, I strongly believe that uh, the, the, the the physical experience, as, as you mentioned, actually, you mentioned the need uh, to to touch, feel, wear, listen to, to, to our watches. And, and this has been extremely strongly expressed by you uh, 
the journalists, but also our business partners and also the public when we organized the Geneva Watch Days in last September. It was a physical event and people were so pleased to be able to have physical interactions and not only with the products, but also with the people. So definitely a transition towards more digitalization, but not 100%. And clearly also more sales closed on internet, but not a dramatic shift towards transaction closed on internet. It's a more, let's say it's a, it's a balancing trend uh, that we see. Uh, that clearly is one trend. The second trend that is also happening and, and probably in a stronger way, and it's not only the pandemics, but it's, uh, but it's general, and it's the attention that people pay to all the notions of uh, sustainability, preservation of the environment. Um, it's a global uh, direction that we take that, let's say, a, a vast majority of all of us are taking and and I'm I'm meaning uh, both the consumers but also the brands and uh, we all are working towards that direction it's progressive like let's say the rest of, of the world is also progressing in that direction but clearly it's um it's an element that is standing in our mind systematically now and you see more and more of our of our production being made of, um, I mean, 100% of our gold is recycled. Uh, we are using more and more rubber rather than leather in our, in our straps. We are obviously studying and, and looking for new uh, development in, in, in that direction. We are clearly looking also at ways to enhance the, the quality of mechanical watches. Let's, let's, I mean, I find that extraordinary to realize that today, Mechanical watches are probably the most sustainable luxury good in the world. Uh, you can use today a watch that is 100 years old without, I mean, uh, with uh, a reasonable care and uh, if necessary refurbishment. But fundamentally, those products are extremely, extremely sustainable and are resilient. time. If we improve the performance, the overall the chronometric performance of, of those calibers, the uh, power reserve, etc. Why would we, on, in the future, uh, use quartz calibers? Uh, why would we use batteries? And of course, that leads us to the question of the digital world, digital watches. To me, this is, a, again, this is an opportunity rather than a risk. Uh, the development of uh, digital watches today, we're talking about hundreds of millions of, of items, of digital items sold every year, is a great opportunity for us to, let's say, to seduce people who are used to wearing devices on their wrists. And we, have, we either see this as a, a challenge to the world of classic watches or as an opportunity to invite uh, let's say educated customers in the sense of people educated to wear something on their wrist to open up uh, to mechanical watches in addition to their digital devices and and we see more and more people switching from a digital piece to a, to a mechanical piece and vice versa and using the right item for the right moment and I think we have a great opportunity if we are 
seducive enough, informative enough, uh, interesting enough to actually bring a lot of those new customers to digital watches into the world of uh, luxury and premium watches. I think that's a really nice angle to take. And I think it's an angle that makes sense given uh, Bulgari's cross appeal from uh, serious watchmaking lovers to fans of high fashion. So it does, it has that ability to speak in a way that many other brands don't to a wider portion of a potential audience. And talking about sustainability, which is, you know, a difficult subject to approach for many luxury brands who don't put as much effort into it as you do. You recently re-released the aluminium collection. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but aluminium is quite sustainable as far as metals go because it's highly recyclable, correct? Absolutely. Most of the aluminium that we use today beyond the watch industry is actually recycled. <coughs> Sorry. And, um, and that's, that's very true. And, and the watch is also using uh, rubber, which is, again, an extremely resistant material. We, um, we are now working on developing also uh, recyclable uh, steel. This is much more complicated because to recycle steel, you need to actually use quite a lot of, of energy. So again, when you think of uh, sustainability, you have to think at, uh, with a wider perspective than just the, uh, uh, the, 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 let's say, the, the basic perspective of using a certain material at a certain moment. It's, uh, we try to be more holistic when we, when we look at things. Uh, and, and this is where we, we, we dig into the new materials that we are using. But it's absolutely true, you're absolutely right, that we are um, using uh, aluminium and we are using recycled aluminium as well uh, for, for our watches. How has that collection been received upon its relaunch? Uh, it's been an ex. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I almost sound ecstatic when I talk about it. <laughs> it was, it was a um, uh, uh, a strong decision we made. We we basically thought that Bulgari is a brand that has a large access to a young population. And, and that makes jewelry available for people in their 20s, 30s, or people who have reasonable resources, not necessarily people with large, uh, a large capacity to invest in, in, in jewelry. Uh, concretely, we uh, propose items worth 1,500 euros, 2,000 euros in jewelry. And, and we thought, that the development, the recent development in the world of, of Optofinitimo especially, or jury watch it, could eventually lead us to a position where we would not be affordable for any of those people who enter in our stores and buy, a, 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 let's say, more more accessible piece of jewelry. And, and this didn't, didn't feel right, okay? And, and fundamentally, this made us think that the world of, of mechanical watches is not just made for super rich people. And we had to bring excitement at a reasonably affordable price. But excitement, but true Swiss watchmaking experience as well. And that was exactly the aim of bringing uh, back uh, the, the BB aluminium to the front scene, bringing a piece of design that had been a real milestone that had 
marked this time 20 years ago, but had been presented at the time as a super versatile watch for, uh, I mean, very Italian in its in its expression, uh, in in its design, in its strong design, but also in, the, in again as in its versatility, easy to use when you do sports, but easy to use as well, to wear as well when you're going to the office. And, um, and fundamentally, what I call a no-brainer watch, a watch easy to wear, easy to buy, and, and let's say simple in a way. And uh, we wanted to bring this back, but contrary to 20 years ago, it had to be a true manufacturer watch. So it's a watch with a mechanical uh, movement inside, made uh, with a case uh, and, and components and dial made in our own manufacture in Seigneur Léger. And so a real piece of switch watchmaking as well. And that's exactly what we wanted to bring to the market. And the success, the reaction uh, was stunning. And real, it's a real success. Uh, and uh, we actually are trying to match the demand. And, and we're very proud of this. It's a... It's a it's a very, very uh, nice, uh, let's say, achievement of the last two years, especially during these more difficult moments. Yeah, I really love it. I was lucky enough to have it on my wrist when it first uh, hit the market, not this September, but the previous September, I suppose, was when it was announced, right? That was the Geneva Watch Days uh, where we saw it for the first time. And I love the time-only version, actually. that's I prefer it to the chronograph. Um, I just think it's a really simple grab-and-go kind of watch that, like you say, it has that versatility. It's sporty, but it's got that chic aspect to it that means it can be worn in a more formal setting than you might expect. But there is something I need you to do for me. I need you to bring back my favorite model of all time. And maybe even in aluminium, that would be nice. I love the scuba. Nah. Is, it, is it ever coming back? <laughs> You're not the first one to ask for it. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's it's somewhere on the desks. It's uh, it's uh, waiting for it for the right time. I, I guess there'll be something sometime. Give us a bit of time. We okay. need to digest everything. Uh, I I must say I I like the scuba very much. It's uh, it's another piece of design. You know the the chance. Of, of working at Burgery is is based fundamentally on the fact that there are exceptional creativities, creativities that really mark the world of watches. And it's difficult. It's difficult because there are so many designs in this world and so many brands. And still, our models are they are let's say classic but different. And and the scuba is one of those pieces. And 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 of course we we're sitting next to those products. And so um, bear with us. I don't know how it will come back, but one day or another, there will be something, for sure. Well, that makes me feel very good. Um, that's a much more positive um, answer than I was expecting. So um, thanks for that. That's really put a smile on my face. Almost as much as seeing a bright yellow aluminium scuba um, would one day in the future, I'm sure. <laughs> Talking of watches from the past... What is your favorite Bulgari watch, old or new? It can be one of the modern collection if you want, or it can be anything from history. Ah, you're asking me to choose among my children. <laughs> yep. Well, that's bad. Um, I still I still think Octopinissimo is an amazing piece. I, and I, I, I keep, I, I've got plenty of things I could mention. I, I, 
let, give me the chance to, uh, to select one son and one daughter. Let's put it this way. Uh, but I want to pick two pieces that to me are exceptional because they are marking their times. So I mentioned Otto Finissimo because it, with the birth of Otto Finissimo, you have a, a moment of, of, of birth of Bulgari as a, as a truly integrated manufacturer. As a, as, a, as a brand that creates something that is really born both from a design and from an uh, engineering perspective. And, and to me, it's probably the best signature, Italian design signature you could find in the world of watches. And it's, uh, it's, it's got its unique identity, both from the caliber and from the design of the watch. And um, so for, it's, you know, I, I was actually working at Bulgari as the head of China at the time when I saw the first Octo Finissimo and I thought, wow, it was immediate. There are moments when, moments of grace, I would call them, when you just spot on. And, and the, this watch is just spot on. It's just a moment of genius, I would say. And, and you know, I was talking about this expression of, the magic in, in the talent of, of mankind. And here to me, Octo Finissimo was born, expressed this, the talent, the, the magic that, can, that lies in, in, in people, in human beings. And the other one um, is, the, uh, is the Serpenti to Bogas. Because the Serpenti to Bogas, by essence, to me, is the jury watch. It's a jewel turned into a watch. And there is arguably nothing that compares to this watch. Uh, it's, it's really the, the purest fusion of, of those two worlds. And it's, it was born in the late uh, 30s, can you imagine? And it still today is a, is a reference. So don't ask me to choose between the Octo Finissimo and the Serpentino. Yeah, I won't do that. I'm not that evil. I know it's a, it's an evil question to ask anybody who's so close to so many of these wonderful watches, but um, you answered it very well, and I can't really fault your selections. I have my favorites, like I say, like the scuba sticks out in mind, but realistically, how can you not pick the Octo Finissimo? I mean, it is one of the modern classics, a uh, memento of genius, as you said, a beautiful way to describe a watch that is just, well... Uh, a market leader in so many ways. And I think a watch we'll be looking back on in 20, 30 years time and talking about in the same way that we talk about the Nautilus or the Royal Oak or the overseas uh, these days. And as for your daughter, uh, the Turbogas, the Serpenti, that is a fantastic watch. And one I would like to see um, made in, shall we say, a more a grittier material, let's say a grittier material like titanium. I often find myself like, honestly, this is true. And uh, I, I have somewhat eccentric taste, maybe at the best of times. But whenever I'm confronted with a Serpenti in real life and I'm turning it over in my hands, I just think, wow, this is, this is something special. This is an object of just pure class. And I just think that I would want to wear a sort of masculine version of it in, in, in titanium, for example, just because of the way that it's built and the way that it's constructed and how interesting it is as an object. 
Um, I don't think that it would go with too many of my clothes, but I could happily see myself buying an entirely new wardrobe to pull it off. If you ever wanted to bring one of those to life for me, I'd very much appreciate it. So Rob, I would like to tell you that I totally remember this moment when we had the discussion in Geneva <laughs> and, uh, and I loved it. Uh, I think, uh, I, I would answer to you, uh, the more mantra we, we, quoted a, a few minutes ago, which is why not? And, and I think what I like even more with this is um, it's the, the fact that usually when we talk about ladies' watches in, in the world of watches, most of time, most of time, there are reduction of men's watches. Okay, they are just men's watches taken to a smaller size. And uh, I love this idea of turning a lady's watches into a man's watches and reversing the journey in a way. So uh, actually, uh, I, I really enjoyed this discussion we had together. Let's say it, it was not left on the side at that moment. Interesting. You know, I didn't even look at it that way myself. It's been on my mind for a while about how much I'd like to see it done. But you're absolutely right. To reverse that product pathway would be a, a fascinating endeavor and certainly a good story for the watchmaking industry to dig its teeth into. So watch this space, I suppose. Who knows? Okay, let's wrap it up there. Let's uh, say thank you, Antoine, for an amazing chat that we just had. And um, thank you for joining the show. Hopefully we'll get to speak to each other soon. And everybody that spent the last 30 minutes listening to us, please keep your eyes trained on Bulgari to see what is coming next, because it sounds like there is a very exciting future ahead indeed. Thanks, man. Thank you very much, Rob. Have a good day.